We have been uh, going through our Ephesians series about identity over the past few weeks, and uh, it's just been an incredible, incredible series. I love the book of Ephesians and Paul's letters and his love for the church of Ephesus. And uh, as we get to chapter 4, this chapter absolutely has to deal with each and every one of you. Now, we, we say that and we see that in Scripture. We're like, okay, Scripture's all about us. Well, it's all about Jesus, but our relationship with Jesus is all about Christ. But this particular chapter hones in on you specifically. He doesn't say STS in this chapter, but we could really hone in on STS in this chapter and see some really huge things. So Ephesians chapter 4, we want you to turn there. We'll be there in just a second, and uh, we don't want you to miss. We're glad that you're here. I am so pumped that you're here this morning. But while you're sitting there, while you're kind of thinking about Ephesians chapter 4, I want to ask you just a real quick question. What are some popular diets out there right now? Anybody have any like popular diets? I'll give one for example, like the Atkins diet. Have you ever heard of the Atkins diet? Anyone? No, you've never heard of the Atkins diet? That's, that's a popular diet. Anybody know of any diets that your parents may be on, you might be on? The Whole30? The Whole30? The Paleo? Oh yeah, Paleo, that's where it's at. Someone else? The vegan diet. Okay, that's one of them. That's one of them. What else? Come on. Basically, no fun diet. Like it's like, yeah, exactly. Um, then you have like South Beach. Anybody ever heard of the South Beach? What about the commercials you see? The Nutrisystem. You ever or uh, one popular one we don't think about? Weight Watchers. Yeah. Did y'all say that? Okay. So there's Weight Watchers that diet. So there's so many different diets out there, and um, so I'm reminded of 14 steps. 14 steps about seven years ago, 14 steps changed my life. I had a group of teenagers over at my house, and we were up in our bonus room, and uh, we were watching Wipeout. You remember that show, Wipeout? One of my, oh, man. I wish the show would come back on. I love, it's incredible. I love that show. I wish they'd just show reruns of it. I've watched those. But anyway, we had a bunch of students, we had a bunch of students over at my house, and we were watching Wipeout. It was a lot of fun. And some of them wanted something to drink. So I, I, I went downstairs and I, you know, I got the tray full of Mountain Dew and I got the tray full of uh, Cokes and all kinds of stuff. And I came back upstairs and I had a bunch of cans and, and I, I'm running back upstairs trying to hold this stuff, balance it. And by the time I got to the top, 14 steps, I was out of breath, like, <gasps> like sucking wind, like it was horrible, 14 steps. And at that moment, I said, I am done, like I am done being a big guy. At that point, I was about 270 pounds, I was a big guy, and I was just done. And so I called a buddy of mine, and he's like, he just opened this gym, and I was like asking him what I should do. He said, you gotta, you gotta start eating right, and you gotta start working out, and this guy I really trusted. And, and I got to talking about that, and he's like, you need to go. He told me about the paleo diet, and like I, I, I fell in love with that. But he said, he said these words. He said, diets don't work. Diets absolutely don't work. It's a lifestyle change. Diets don't work. You have to change your lifestyle. If you eat right for just a little bit, you'll have some success. You might lose some weight or you might be very healthy and you might get really healthy. But unless your lifestyle changes, Ryan, nothing will change. 
And so at that point, I kind of made a resolve to really change the way I was eating, change the way I was sleeping. That had a lot to do with it. I was working out a lot. I was one of those crazy CrossFitters. I I drank the Kool-Aid and it was a lot of fun and had a blast doing it and did some crazy things that I never thought I'd do, like like a muscle up. I don't know if you've ever seen a muscle up. It's nuts. And I was able to do it. And that was the first video I saw on CrossFit.com. I was like looking at videos. He's like, you need to do CrossFit. I go to CrossFit.com click on a muscle up and I'm like, there ain't no way. There ain't no way. And man, through, through all that stuff, I was able to do it. It was, it was really, really cool. But I don't say that. I promise you, you're thinking, Ryan, quit talking about yourself. But I, I want you to understand, I don't say that just to, to say all the stuff I've done. I say that because I can use a real life example of a lifestyle change. I made a lifestyle change change and and it was because I wanted to be healthy I wanted to be healthy and the whole point of it was so that I could as I got older I could play with my kids I can go outside and throw the football with Eli and 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 run around while my tornado Lucy's running all around like that was why I did it to watch Lily grow up and be a part of her life I did that really honestly for them but I had to make a lifestyle change so that I might be healthy. Well, it's interesting. If you were here last Wednesday night, we, we broke up the middle schoolers and high schoolers, and we talked about friendships. And we talked about not only friendships, but we talked about the body of Christ. Paul talks about in Romans 12, he talks about the body and how we're all in this together. He says that, that we're all in this as a body of Christ, as a body of believers, we're all in this together. Well, he reminds us again about this in Ephesians chapter 4. And he talks about Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 4, he talks about this body. And he's meaning the body of Christ. He's meaning the church. And if we were to parallel this with STS, I think we would see so many awesome similarities. But also at the same time, some challenges that we might face in STS to become a healthy, healthy body of believers. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, if you haven't already. And we're going we're gonna to dive in here, and we're going to read a, a little scripture, and then we're going to take some time out, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit, and then we'll come back, and then we'll see how it, how it applies to us, and how what, how what Paul is saying so long ago is exactly where we need to be and where we are. So I'm going to pray. We're going to dive in, and uh, I'm so glad that you're here today. Lord, I love you. And I thank you for this student ministry. I thank you for STS. I thank you for what you're doing through these teenagers. I pray that today might be the day that you show us something big that lodges into our heart. God, I truly pray that. I pray that today your words that you gave Paul changes us today. Let it not be Ryan. Let it not be anything I say, God, please. Please, God, let it be your word that transforms us. And let it be today that we see what we're called to be. Because you've called us to be something bigger. You called us to do something more grand than we can ever imagine. And you don't want to use anybody else. You want to use the folks in this circle right now. And so, Lord, over the next few moments, I pray that you'd speak to us. Reveal your word to us in a way we can never imagine. And it's in Jesus' name. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1. And this, this verse is, is my life verse. 
And I say that I started off, this is my favorite verse in Scripture. It speaks to me. I've got it tattooed on my arm. This is one of those verses that I absolutely love. It means so much to me. Paul says this, As a prisoner for the Lord, time out. Just time out. Paul's in prison. He's in Rome. And I I don't want to skip over this because it's so stinking important. Did Did you catch it? You might not have caught it. He didn't say, as a prisoner for the Romans, or as a prisoner in Rome, he says, as a prisoner for the Lord. He understands what's going on. It's not about him. This life is not about him. He says, I am in prison for God's glory. And everybody who talks to me or I have the opportunity to talk to, I can share truth with. And I get to write this letter to focus in on you, church. And he says, I am not in prison (laughs) I am not in prison for the Romans. I'm in prison for the Lord. I know my role. I know my place. And Paul just, man, knocks a home run. So he says, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and in all and through all. I mean, so y'all say time out. Time out. Time out. So let's talk about this. There's a lot. We're going to break it down in a couple of sections. I don't want to skip ahead because I want to kind of stay focused on what Paul is saying here. So let's look at verse 2. He says, be completely humble. Now, why does he say humble here, and and what is he meaning? Listen, the the heathens, those who did not know God, they were not believers of Christ back in that day. They were super arrogant. Like, they they would boast about them not knowing Jesus. They were saying, I got it all figured out, and I don't need you, and, and, and it's all about me. It was very selfish dynamic. And that even bled over to some of the, the Ephesians. It bled over to some of the believers and they're saying, okay, we know truth and we kind of have it all figured out. And in fact, they were starting to act like unbelievers. Like their attitudes were that as unbelievers. And so Paul starts out, he says, be completely humble, lifting others above yourself. He says, and gentle. Dudes read this verse And we're like, gentle? What do you mean I gotta be gentle? No, he's not talking about being weak. He's not talking about being soft. He's not talking about like, ah, frail. He's not talking about that. He's talking about being considerate to others. He's talking about being considerate to others. Consider others above yourselves. So they link that together. Paul links that together, humility and consideration of other people. So he puts that together. That's very important for what we're gonna talk about in just a few moments. And then he says being patient. And this is the literal definition, the literal Greek on this. I could, like, I just absolutely loved what it says here about patience. Check this out. If you're taking notes, write this down. It's like, woo, blows your mind. Reluctant to average wrongs. Reluctant to average wrongs. And what he's saying there, that he's saying being patient with the people that you're around at church, what he's talking about to the Ephesians. He's saying you need to be patient. 
You, know, you need to be cautious of saying, well, their level of humility or their level of Christianity is not as good as mine. Or they've really royally messed up. And so I'm a better Christian than they. Like, that's what it means to be patient. I, it blew me away when I was looking at this, this, this text. And this definition, excuse me. And then it says this, it says, bearing with one another in love. And I love that if we were just simply put what Paul is saying, he says, putting up with each other. But we don't do it just for the sake of putting it up, putting up with each other. We do it in love. And that's the basis of all these things. It has to be everything wrapped up in that. And then he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Now, he says, make every effort. Did he say... While you're living your life, Ephesians, create unity. Did he say that? Did he say invent unity or cause unity to happen? No, what does he say? Anybody that has your scripture, what does Paul say? Make every effort to what? Keep the unity. You know what he's saying? He's saying this is an active term. This is, a, this is not a passive term. This is an active term to keep unity. And so what he's saying is that as a, a church, Ephesians, Ephesus, you need to keep the unity. Don't try to create it. You need to keep it. You've had it. Keep it. Keep it tight. And then through the bond of peace, there's not any discord. There's not any yin-yang going on. There's not any griping going on. He's saying you have to be and live at peace with one another. Very important. Now, you see this, because why do we do these things? Why are we humble? Why are we gentle? Verse 4 is very important, because there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope, when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, uh, who is over all and through all and in all. So why, church, do you do what you do? Why are you gentle? Why are you humble? Why are you these things? Because of God. You're saying, duh, Ryan. Sonny's going to answer Jesus. Well, yes, that's true. It's because of God. And so all these things, verse 1 through 6, if you're taking notes, those are corporate. Those are corporate. And Paul's talking about that being corporate as the church body. And then he goes a little deeper. Then he goes, he says, all right, I've talked to you church, and then I'm going to go to individual. I want to talk to you as an individual church member. Church of Ephesus, this is what I want to be talking to you about. Let's look at verse 7. He says, But to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What is he ascended? That was a, a scripture he was quoting out of Psalms. He says, What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly realms or regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Now, you, there's a lot of stuff going on. We'll explain it just a second. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to pre prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we reach unity in the faith. Well, let's pause right here. Y'all say time out. Time out. All right, y'all got it going this morning. So, so if we're looking... If we're looking at this, the 7 through 12 even, he's talking about how each individual of the church is given gift, different gifts. 
And we talked about that a little bit Wednesday night. We talked about how Paul, again, used that body metaphor as, as some are the hands, some are the feet, some are the mouthpieces, some are the ears, some are the eyes for visionaries. Like, like God has given us different gifts. And not only given the Ephesians different gifts, he's given each one of you different gifts. Each one of you different gifts in this place. And we'll talk about that in a second. But he says we've all been different gifts. But also, not only gifts, but check this out. A bigger word, responsibilities. He's given the church and the people of the church different responsibilities. And so, as we look at this, that is the individual part. 7 through 12, individuality, individual. God's given that to us individually. And then he throws this at us, 13 through 15, 13 through 15. He says, until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up in him who is the head, that is Christ. We're going to throw a time out right there because we'll come back to verse 16. But essentially what Paul is saying here, essentially what Paul is saying is, he says, church, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. And Paul's telling the church of Ephesus, he says, it's time to grow up, guys. It's time to get up and quit being infants, quit being children. You know, I'll never forget the first time we took Lily, and she'd probably be so embarrassed if I told this story, like me telling this story, but I'll never forget her going to the beach for the first time. You know, she, she's so anxious to go play in that water, and we're like, baby, don't go too far out, don't go too far out, and she goes a little bit farther, you know, and she goes a little bit farther, and we're like, sweetie, don't go too far out, and she's not listening. I mean, she's a little kid, and she goes, and she goes out, and then that wave's coming in, like, as a dad, you're like, oh no, this could be bad. Or I could win, you know, $10,000 American Funniest Home Videos. Like, it's one of those things. Like, this could be one of the two. And I'm going, okay. And then all of a sudden, boom, this wave knocks her down. And then, of course, dad mode kicks in and freaking out. You know, oh, baby, you know. And it just knocks her down. And, and that's what it's talking about. As a child's out in the water being tossed by the waves. You know, if you've ever been in high winds, like being pushed around by the winds, and that's what Paul is talking about here. For the Ephesians, he says it's time to grow up. So what does this have to do with us? How does this play out in STS? How does this involve you? Remember I said this is a part of you, this, this is your story here in STS, and how does this play out in your world? But I see three things here that's very important for us as believers in STS out of this text. Number one. STS has got to be spiritually unified. STS has got to be spiritually unified. How do we as an STS group, how do you as an STS group? Remember, I want to remind you what this ministry is called, STS, and some of you are new and I'm so glad that you're here and you're seeing this STS and we've said it over and over. Well, STS literally means student to student. It doesn't mean youth pastor to student doesn't mean pastor to student or leader to student. It's student to student. This is your ministry. 
your part of this ministry, student to student, STS. And so how can we or how can you be unified if there's disunity? How can you do this together? And I think it comes to the point where you understand that you're in this together. That you have a lot of the same struggles. That you have a lot of the same hardships. That you have a lot of the same relationship problems. That you have some of the same things that you're dealing with that nobody really wants to talk about. And you're saying, well, I'm the only one that struggles with this. Or I'm the only one that deals with this. I'm the only one who has parents fighting. Or I'm the only one who has addictions. It comes to the point where you're going to have to say, if you want STS to be the, what God wants STS to be, it comes to the point where we have to get unified. And you say, I'm not any better than anyone else in this room. Not where I go to school or how much money my parents make or however I'm academically. I'm not better than anyone else. I'm a part of STS. This is my ministry. And until we take that ownership, until you take that ownership, there's going to be problems. There's going to be disunity. You know why? Because the enemy does not want you to be unified with each other. The enemy would want nothing more than y'all to live in discord. He wants nothing more than for you to fight. And what I say this morning, guys, is stand your ground. Think how do, you, how do you see this play out in your own life? Remember, he talks about corporately. I think I want to ask you this question. As Paul said in verse 2 and 3, what if you were to ask yourself, are you completely humble and gentle? Are you patient with one another? Are you, or do you, excuse me, do you bear with one another in love? And that's one of those things that if you don't, then it's the opposite of unity. It's the opposite of being unified. There will be disunity. It will be split apart. And I understand, listen, I understand we have students who, if you were to look at our map of STS, uh, our, our team made a map of where all you guys live. And it, it's not like a rifle blast right uh, around the church. It's like a shotgun blast. And there's, there's dots all over Atlanta. And I understand coming in here from different places is tough. But to me, that makes you a stronger force because you can spread out with the gospel. And just imagine, just imagine if you were unified in this, what Paul's saying, and you thought to yourself, I need to be completely humble. I need to be gentle. I need to bear with one another in love. I need to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And let me ask you, have you done that? I'm not trying to condemn. I just want to ask that. Because when I was reading this, when Paul was saying this stuff, and I'm studying over this, I'm going, okay, God, i got to search my heart too. This isn't just, this isn't just for, for them, it's for me as well. And so I see this 
in order for us to get to the next spot individually, in order for you to get to that next spot as STS and really making a difference, that us as a team see in your life, you got to be unified. You got to be unified. So we have to be spiritually unified. Number two, what does STS got to do? Well, STS has got to spiritually serve. Number two, STS has got to spiritually serve one another. Last fall, we created a ministry for you guys called Go Teams. And uh, that's, that's where our student praise man came out of, where we put as many students on stage as possible. Not to just perform or not to just stand there and talk to you guys or sing to you guys. or This isn't just like their time. They're, they're leading for you guys to lead in worship. That you participate in worship. You know, it's, it's, it's the hospitality team and you say, well, all we do is write cards. A couple of weeks ago, you guys, for Valentine's Day, you guys and gals wrote cards to our widows. I had one of those widows come up to me and tell me, I wasn't even sure if my kids were going to send me a Valentine's card. But the STS students sent one. And I got that. And it meant so much. You're making a difference. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have go teams and we're going we're gonna to spread out around this city around this part of our city. And we're going to go hand out bags and go knock on people's door and just invite them to Easter. Invite them to church. And you guys are a part of that. And so I say, I, I, I think about this. You say, well, I'm not really good at playing an instrument. Or you might say, I'm not really good at, at writing cards. I don't really know what to do, but I just have to ask, what could you do? What could you do for the kingdom? Because too many times, I think it's really easy for our church as a whole, Big C Church, to be like a fast food consumer. I think it's really easy for you to go, well, they have what I like or they have what I like. And if they don't have this, I'll go to this restaurant. Or if, if they don't have this, this certain thing, I'll go to this restaurant. And too many times, it's super easy to do that. But that's not what God is calling us to do. It's not what God is calling us to do and see here and be here in Ephesians. So I ask this question honestly and transparently and lovingly. What if God is calling you to step up and do something that no one else is doing? Instead of trying to, trying to fill the voids that we have in our hearts, what if God is calling you to lead? What if God is calling you to step up and do something? Instead of going, well, I don't like this or I don't like that, what if God is calling you to be the change? Man, that would be killer. Because I think about what Paul is saying here. God's called each and every one of you individually to do different things he's called each and every one of you to do different things and serve in different ways and what has he called me to do as a youth pastor check this out verse 11 it was he who gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists some to be pastors and teachers he's called me to be a pastor he's called me to be a teacher he's called me to be a leader 
And this is what I am to do. This is, it, this is what I'm called to do. Verse 12. You wonder what Ryan's called to do. Why is Ryan here? This is what he's called me to do. To pr- prepare God's people for works of service. Listen, why? Not just works for doing things. Not just going to Guatemala or going to South Dakota or going to VBS. Just for the sake of doing things or, or trying to set up an awesome place for you guys just to come and do things. Like, we have a ton of fun. Like, Wednesday night when we play bubble soccer, if you haven't played bubble soccer, it is awesome. Someone might leave like I did, extremely hurt. My head was ringing for the next three days. It was great. But here's the deal. There's time for fun. There's time for goofing off. We're going to have a blast at Awaken and do some cool stuff. But here's my job. This is my job description. To prepare God's people for works of service. Why? so that the body of Christ may be built up. So to prepare you for works of service, to prepare you to learn how to play and lead worship, and prepare you on how to teach a Bible study, and prepare you on how to reach your friends for Christ, because here's what I don't want. I absolutely do not want you to leave wearing spiritual diapers. Because Paul calls us up in the next part. Too many people grow up and say, I'll get things ready and I'll get things really serious and I'll buckle down and settle down in a church after I graduate high school. But for now, I'm just going to do my own thing. Because when you get to college, you're going to say, well, after, after I graduate college and you'll push it off, once I get married or once I have my first kid, you'll push it off and push it off and push it off. But God's calling you to be something now and do something now to serve your student ministry now and you say well I don't know how man we would love to help you through that we would love to help you serve we would love to help you be a part and we want that for you because God has not called me to do anything else but this to prepare you for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And that's why we do what we do in STS. So that, Paul says in the next few verses, we see that STS has got to be spiritually unified, and number two, STS has got to, be, uh, got to spiritually serve, but that it doesn't stop there. Listen, STS has got to be a place for spiritual growth. Number three, STS has got to be a place for spiritual growth. Look at verse 14. Then we'll be no longer infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there for every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of men and their deceitful schemes. Listen, there's a lot of voices talking to you guys week in, week out. There's a lot of people that you see on TV, you're following Instagram, you're watching their Twitter feed and you see all these things and they're telling you that you need to be this or act like this or do these things. But you've got to listen to the truth. You've got to listen to the voice of truth. You have to listen to the voice of the one who loves you and gave his life for you. And so how do we do this? How do we be a place? How does SDS be a place of spiritual growth? And I see this. We have to be like Christ. You have to be like Christ. If this is a place of spiritual growth, what do you have to do? Number one, you have to be like Christ. Or A, you have to be like Christ. B, 
You have to stand in Christ with the truth of Christ. And we see that in that, that scripture. And here's why. I hope today that you haven't felt convicted. I hope today that you haven't felt discouraged. I hope today that you haven't felt like you can't attain this stuff because you can. I hope today that you are sitting there encouraged and going, I can do something big for the student ministry. I can be a part. I don't know what it is, but I need to serve. And I know that God's called me and my family here. And if God's called you and your family here, you need to serve. And I would say this in front of our adults. Because we don't need, we had a Bible study a couple months ago. We talked about a sponge, how a sponge just soaks it all up and never pours out. And God's called us to do that. And you say, well, I'm not re really ready to be on stage or I'm not really ready to, to be and, and do something big. But there's so, there's so many things you can serve. There's so many things you can do for the kingdom. Because here's why. Look at verse 16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work. You're a part of this. You're, you're a part of this. This ministry, STS, we're in this together. And to say, well, this is just somewhere where I come on Sunday mornings. I am so glad that you come here on Sunday mornings. I'm so glad that you invite your friends and I'm so glad to see you every stinking Sunday. I love it. It encourages my heart so much. But God's called you to do some big things, not later, but now, today. And he's called STS to be a light into your schools and into your homes and into your friendships and into your worlds that you live in. He's called you to do that, not later, but now. One thing I try to remind myself every, every week, that Sunday is not the end of the weekend. It's the first day of the week. But how awesome would it be is if we started our week going, man, I can't wait to be spiritually fed. I can't wait to wake up and come to church. Not because of the band, not because of Ryan. I get the fellowship with my fellow student ministry members because from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. You're a part of this. Grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. For a body to remain healthy, it has to stick together. For a church or a student ministry to stay healthy, we got to stick together. And I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to hold your hand. I'm willing to walk with you. I'm willing to take whatever it costs and do big things for the kingdom. Our team is, is one of the best teams in the world. They're willing to walk with you. But let's do this together. Let's do this together because... We want to see you do something big for the kingdom. We don't want you to have to wait. We know your potential. And you can do this. You can do this. Let's pray.